Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Uh, I am Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnson, and I am joined again uh, today by uh, Student Pastor David Carpenter. How are y'all doing today? And today uh, we are continuing our series called Hot Topics, which deals with questions that are that are asked by people today, sometimes within the church, and things the church just needs to uh, be firm and be solid on uh, in order to speak into today's world. And today, uh, David, what, what question are we dealing with today? We're looking at this question, um, a question that I think um, we have all asked at some point in time, and many people, not only in churches, but our community or the world, ask this question. The question is this, who am I? And uh, I want you to ask that of yourself today. I think we're going to give a, a really great uh, answer to that. But that's the question I want us to ponder in our time together is who am I? Okay. And we're going to come at this from uh, Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 40 through 48. I think it'll be a, a story, a, an event in scripture that is very familiar with those who have uh, been in church. Um, but we're going to look at this and, and kind of unpack this a little bit. So here's Luke eight forty through 48. When Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. Just then, a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house because he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was at death's door. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years, who had spent all she had on doctors yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the tassel of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Somebody did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly cured. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This is one of uh, my favorite stories in all of Scripture. Um, this story is also recorded in, in the book of, of Mark, chapter 5, but chosen in Luke today. Uh, Luke's telling is, is really great. And um, this story of this, this woman who for 12 years had an issue uh, with bleeding. She couldn't stop bleeding. Um, this, this was a, a, a disease, but... Um, I don't want us just to hear her physical struggle or pain. Obviously, uh, this was something that physically was limiting, was quite painful, um, was a lot of, of work to deal with and to process. So physically, obviously, this was something that was uh, a burden or a frustration for her. But um, in this culture, this woman likely uh, contracted this disease somewhere in the child birthing process. Mm-hmm. And um, because of that, uh, we we feel, many scholars feel certain that she was married, that she quite possibly had children and had a family. And then when this disease came, the culture would have marked this woman as unclean. Mm-hmm. She would have been marked unclean. And uh, when that happened, she would have been taken from her from her husband, from her children, removed from the city. She would have been made to live outside the city, told that she could not come in the city. Mm -hmm. She would not be able to uh, engage in religious 
uh, practices. Mm -hmm. She would not be able to make eye contact with any rabbi or priest. Mm -hmm. She would have been um, kept away from them because she would have been given this, this label or this identity as unclean, mm -hmm. as not only physically broken, but as dirty, as unwanted. She would have had her, her, her title as wife and mother essentially stripped away from her. Mm -hmm. um, she would have been removed from all of her family's gatherings. She would not see her parents or her siblings or anyone really for that matter that was not in the same or a similar circumstance. Of course, in those days, you know, being taken outside a woman to live on her own amongst, you know, kind of the, the riffraff, if you will, she would not have been in a safe circumstance or situation, which I'm sure would have brought additional troubles and struggles and worries to her life. Mm -hmm. And for 12 years, this woman had dealt with this as her reality, mm -hmm. physical pain, um, a life filled with frustration and toil and stress and, and worry and, and begging for food. Religiously, she would have been separated. Familially, she would have no real relation with her family, no communication. And this was her reality. And I, I like that scripture really tells in her story that she had tried to have this problem fixed. She had gone to, to multiple doctors and spent everything that she had to try and have this, this, this issue healed. Mm -hmm. And of course, those days, most of the doctors weren't you know, given the medical science and knowledge that we have now. And many of them were more witch doctor than doctor. And, you know, things they would have done would boil an onion in a big pot of water. And then they would take the onion out and have her sit in it. And they would say, all right, you're done. You're not going to bleed anymore. But what happened to her is actually the bleeding kept getting worse. Yeah. Or they would sit her in the middle of an intersection of two roads. And, and, and there they would, they would declare that it was passed on from her and she would walk the other way. And then she would just not have any more. But she just kept bleeding. She kept having this issue. She kept uh, dealing with its, its physical repercussions, its societal repercussions, its religious repercussions. So this woman for 12 years of her life had been identified, had been marked unclean unwanted, broken, nasty, gross. And in that is where we find this woman. Mm -hmm. This woman who hears about Jesus mm -hmm. and says, hey, if, if that guy who can feed 5,000 people with two fishes or with five loaves and two fishes ever gets to my side of town, I will literally break the law right. and sneak into the city right just to try and touch the edge of his garment. Right. Just to be near enough to him because her faith was so great mm -hmm. that she believed there would be healing in that. Mm -hmm. So we see this woman who comes and touches Jesus and you know he's going through a big crowd. And I like how, how real the Bible is here because Jesus is like, hey, who touched me? And Peter's like, Jesus, uh, like at least 20 people. Uh, <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? Right. But Jesus stops and uh, he, he finds this woman. And what I believe we'll see in this story is that Jesus gives identity to this woman. Mm -hmm. This woman asked a question, as many of us do, who am I? Mm -hmm. What is my identity? And I don't mean, you know, what your social security number is or what your <laughs> birth certificate right. says. Obviously, we all have a legal identity. And, and I don't mean to ask us, you know, who am I in terms of, all right, biologically, you're a collection of cells that make up an organism that we know as a human body and right. it functions in a certain way. Not, but, but philosophically or, or internally, I want us to ask this question, this question that this woman asked, 
who am I? Because for 12 years of this woman's life, she had been identified as unclean, mm-hmm. broken, marred, unwanted. And what I believe is the truth for so many of us listening, of us talking here is, is if you were to ask our culture, if you were allowed the, the world that we live in to dictate this answer for you, mm-hmm. what so many of us would come back and say is, who am I? I am. Maybe you feel unclean, unwanted, undesired, broken. I know that for me, uh, when I gave my life to Jesus in fifth grade, it was in one of the most tumultuous times of my life. I got kicked out of school in third grade. I almost got kicked out again in fourth grade. Um, I was a really a bad kid and got in a lot of trouble and, and got to the point where in fifth grade, I decided I wanted to commit suicide because I just hated the person I was. Mm-hmm. And this woman finds herself in a similar situation where her identity has been so broken and she gets to Jesus and there she finds true identity. And I I believe, Jonathan, for our listeners today, you may feel that if you were to truthfully answer what you feel is the answer to this question, who am I? Their answer might be similar to what this woman's was. Mm -hmm. I'm broken. Mm -hmm. I'm unwanted. I'm separated. I am out of relationship. Something's not right with me. Mm -hmm. And what I believe we'll see here as we look into these verses in just a second is that Jesus is offering us a a wonderful identity. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that's so available for, for our listeners, for each of us. And um, first, first though, talk, talk with me and and help us understand maybe uh, this woman's story and how it relates to us. And um, what, what that feeling of, of our identity being marked by our culture, our world really looks like in our lives. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that stood out to me in looking at the text when, when one, it's interesting that Dr. Luke, mm. in his account, points yeah. out that she had been to all these doctors. Oh, yeah, she tried. And spent all she had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I just look at how many times do we, when we're trying to find that identity, how many times do we seek it in the world? Oh, we do. And the world ultimately adds another label to to all that to say you're also incurable. Yeah. <laughs> because, because what we have won't work for you. And, and so then you add to this woman who felt unworthy, who felt unclean, who felt unwanted. Well, now she also, because she spent all she had on, on the doctors and they had no solution, she now feels incurable. Yeah. And like how hopeless of an existence that is. Yeah. To be in that point where you have been beaten down by everyone around you. Um, and, and I love how you pointed out that just the separation from family, the separation from, I mean, you live in a culture that had all these religious feasts and festivals. Oh, yeah. Knew how to party. And you can't go to any can't of them. Can't go to them. Yep. Certainly. So, I mean, it'd be different than being in a society that doesn't have those things. Mm-hmm. But to have an existence in a society that has all these times of the year, and so you would undoubtedly you outside the city you would still hear yeah the sound of these parties from inside the city and inside these different households and you'd see travelers yeah. coming into the city from out in the smaller towns coming into the parties and knowing and and she wasn't this way from birth yeah. so at one time she had been in those yeah and to have that taken away yeah and for 12 years i mean over over a decade yeah. right uh to to not be able to feel that part of belonging yeah. uh, is just 
it's disheartening. It's heartbreaking, certainly. And you said a, a good point that, you know, she had tried to regain a good identity with these doctors and yeah. almost that worsened it. Yeah. And uh, working with, you know, co- college students specifically, but students. So oftentimes what I see in the lives of students who have experimented with drugs or have found themselves drinking a lot at a young age or have found themselves in, in sexual addiction or, or just, you know, even in toxic relationship and break up into toxic relation. What so often is the case in, in those students' lives is they are seeking someone to give them an identity mm-hmm. that is good, that is positive, that is loved, that is accepted, that is wanted, that is cool, that is whatever. And so we go to these different things and hope that maybe this will be the one that gives us that positive identity, that this is the one right. that makes us really feel fulfilled. But just like them and so many people in our world, so many people in our lives, maybe you feel that way listening. This woman had been unable to find uh, that that fulfillment, that identity, but we we do get to see that in her. Mm-hmm. We do get to see that in her life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really a wonderful example of of what Jesus does for each of us. This is verse 48. Jesus is talking. Of course, a woman's come forward, told her story. She's been healed. She's standing or sitting, kneeling kind of at the feet of Jesus, mm-hmm. looking the eyes of a rabbi for the first time in 12 years. Right. And he looks at her mm-hmm. and he, he, he speaks some very, very, very powerful words over us, over her, excuse me. First, he looks at her and he says this simple word, daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this woman for 12 years had yeah. not seen her husband, was likely a mother and had not held her children. Mm-hmm. This woman for 12 years had not been embraced by her mother or her father. This woman for 12 years, as you said, as her family would gather for festivals and celebrations, was excluded from those things. First, Jesus looks at this woman and he says, you're part of my family. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, of course, is, we know, identifying himself as God, the father who created her. Right. And I believe that first, the powerful thing that Jesus does and the powerful thing that God does in placing identity on each of us is that God first identifies us as creation. Scripture tells us we're made in the image of God, Mm -hmm. that God fashioned us and called us for his purposes, that our identity begins when God places on us creation. Mm -hmm. And I think the first thing for our, our listeners, I think that we really need to identify is, hey, when we question or go to answer that question, who am I? The first words out of our mouths should be, I'm creation. Mm -hmm. I am son or daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm made in the image of a God who loves me. Mm -hmm. And and that's very, very powerful that Jesus looks at this woman and and really God looks at each of us and says, daughter, son, places that on us as as a wonderful identity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I hear you correctly, you're saying the place to find that is not on Facebook. No, it's not actually not in social media. No, definitely not. Uh, It's, it's, and and I love the fact that this woman took the chance. Yeah. Breaking, breaking his laws, as you, as you pointed out, took the chance that just maybe everything she had heard about this Mm. Jesus was true. Yeah. And, And, and I love the picture that absent religious practice mm-hmm. because she was banned from it she had still grown in her faith mm-hmm. in a in a god who would yeah. restore uh and and finds that and as you said is now called daughter and what that must have felt like yeah the just the heaviness of 12 years yeah leaving not not just her physical ailment being cured which yeah. would which would have been huge but to be 
given that identity of you, you belong to me. Yeah. Because I formed you. Yeah. And in so many ways, I think this parallels the story that Jesus told about the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Except for this woman, of course, did not choose her, <laughs> right. choose her, right. her, her distance from her family, but it was forced upon her yeah. and her culture had said, Hey, you don't have a choice. You're gone. You're dirty. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're perverted yeah. and had thrown her out. And now sitting at the feet of the person who just healed her, Jesus looks at her and calls her mm-hmm. daughter, that identity that God places on each of us, that, that, that God has created us and made us and fashioned us and formed us, that you are not an accident, right. that no one listening to this is doing that by accident, but there is a God in heaven who loves you and has a plan for you and created you for something. That's something that is so powerful and so encouraging about our faith is that, that we're here mm-hmm. that, that, you know, we believe that God is, is powerful. Yes. That God has created all of the universe. And for some reason he chose to make me and right. let me be a part of it. Right. But that, that just that creation places in a, a powerful and, and a, a wonderful identity on us that, that Jesus looks at this woman and not only says daughter, but it gets better. Yeah. It gets better. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well, the second thing Jesus identifies about her, and today, if you're listening to this and your faith has been placed in Jesus, you're giving your life and your heart to him, said, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. If you did that like I did when I was in fifth grade, I talked about earlier, then this identity has been placed on you. Mm-hmm. You have been made well. He right. sees her and says, not only are you creation, but you're redemption. You've been made well. So now the people that will look at her and say, oh, you're the woman with the issue of blood. She said, no, 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 no. I'm the woman who's been made well. Oh, you're the issue that's, you're you're the woman who's been defiled. No, I'm the woman who's been made clean. Oh, you're the woman who is broken. No, I'm the woman who's healed. So our answer, when culture looks at us and says, oh, you are your sin. You are your shortcomings. You are the things about yourself that you don't like. What our answer or response is not only are we God's creation, but in Christ, we are redemption. We are made right with God. And I think one of the ways that, the devil really um, attacks followers of Christ, attacks believers, is that the devil wants to name us, Satan, our enemy, wants to name us the things that God has made us well from. The devil wants to come to us and said, oh, oh, look, look who it is. Oh, it's, it's the pornography watcher. And God says, or no, your, your redemption, you've been made well. Mm-hmm. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross means you're not that anymore. Oh, that's the gossiper. No, that's not the gospel. That's the redemption. That's the one who's been made well. Oh, you're your past mistakes. You're the drunkard. You're the addict. You're the whatever it is. And if we're in Christ, our identity is not in that sin. Our identity is not in our past, but our identity is now in redemption. Mm -hmm. Jesus looks at us and says, daughter, son, if you're, if you're in Christ, you have been made well. Mm -hmm. So our identity is that redemption. And that's very powerful. Yeah. And I think even, you know, you can even see that in the Old Testament, even prior to uh, Christ's saving death, like when he died on the cross and saved us, you can still see God was a redeemer even in the Old Testament. When you look at, at Jacob, mm. right? What was yeah. Jacob's name? It oh, yeah. means the liar, liar cheat. trickster, yeah. Yeah, but then when when he has his encounter with God, God's like, no, no, you're not Jacob anymore. Now you're Israel. Yes. Right? Yeah. And and it's it's that that flip of an identity. No, you're, you're not the liar or the cheat. Yeah. That's who you were. Yep. Now you're this. Yeah. And, and look at what comes from that, right? Israel. And and now you're the name (laughs) that my people are going to have throughout the rest of the old Testament. And and it's just, 
that switch of identity is so freeing when we get it and mm-hmm. when we allow us. Uh, uh, and that's part of it. I think sometimes we don't allow God to do that for us. Like yeah. we, we, we don't want it. We, we, we keep buying into mm-hmm. what the liar and Satan is the father of all lies. Yep. We keep buying into what he tells us and he loves to beat us with whatever we have been rather than, and it's because he knows yeah. that if, if as Christians, if we accept Mm. the identities God's giving us and start living from that, the freedom we have in our lives, the ability we now have to love other people. You know, when Jesus says, love, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you don't really love yourself because you're always listening to the lies of of the, of the enemy, how are you, how are you going to not judge your neighbor? How are you going to love your neighbor? And so you have to to take what Jesus and and the Father, what God has said about you, and then you then you now you can look at your neighbor and say, you know what, you don't have to be this. Yeah. God says you're this. Yeah. Uh, and and it's such a powerful switch. Yeah. And and um, you know, this is something that when when that redemption is placed on us. No one can take that away from Mm-mm. you. It doesn't matter what people on social media say about you. Right. Doesn't matter what your 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 ex mother in law twice removed by marriage says about <laughs> you. Doesn't matter what people people think about you. Right. Because you can walk in confidence and say, "Hey, I'm redemption." And something you know, and, and I say this with with grace and understanding that there's challenges in every different community. Um, something I've noticed, of course, grew up in. Uh, Mobile, Alabama was born, and then I moved to the, the Des Moines, Iowa area, and then I lived in St. Louis for a, a lot of my adolescence and back to Mobile. So I've lived in, in metropolitan areas my life, most of my life. Something I really learned quickly when I moved to Danville, Harrodsburg, smaller communities, is that reputations here carry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, you'll, you'll meet somebody and somebody will say, well... Yeah, Joe's a nice guy, but you can't trust him because not back in 1963, his <laughs> second uncle and uh, kind of ripped me off. And so me and Joe, you know, Joe's fine, but, but I don't, you know, you can't really trust people with that last name. Right. Well, what I'm seeing here from what Jesus said about this woman is that's not true. Right. But that in Christ, you can look and say, well, people may think that about me or, hey, maybe my family was bad. Maybe, right. maybe I've got some stuff in my past and, and maybe there's things I still have to make up for or, or work back into people's trust for that I did personally. But my identity does not change because my identity is redemption. Right. That is who I am. I stand confidently that not only did God make me, but God redeemed me. Jesus looks at this woman who has for 12 years dealt with this, this, this awful, not only illness, but social separation and, and all of that has come with it. And he says, daughter, your faith has made you well, mm-hmm. but he doesn't stop there. I think he places identity on her in one final way. Yeah. And this is the last thing that we ever see about this woman. Of course, you know, we plan that one day we'll sit at the feet of Jesus and worship him forever with her in heaven. Right. But, but this woman is healed mm-hmm. and Jesus looks at her and says, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give you identity in one more way. He says, now go in peace. And Jesus places identity on her in the way that he sends her to live her life. The mission that she's on gives her identity. Jonathan, world's a pretty bad place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, not always good stuff on the news. Right. Um, pretty scary place. Mm-hmm. You're a parent. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, man, raising, raising a son in this world, that's even scarier. Yep. How powerful would it be if we as people who follow Jesus walked in this identity that everywhere we went, 
we went in peace. Right. Man, there's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when the world gets crazy, if we're people who are walking in peace, that shows a lot about what, what we rely on, what we believe, who we, who we rely on. Right. That our identity is secure. People who have insecurity, they're not very peaceful people. Right. They're, they're not very steady people. They're not very, uh, you know, calm or sure people. But if we walk in peace, what a powerful statement that is about where our identity lies mm-hmm. and who our, our faith and, and our trust is in, that we can walk and go in peace. Just like this woman, there's identity in the mission that we've been called to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's I think, perhaps the hardest step sometimes is to walk in the identity he's given you mm-hmm. uh, because you're going to have resistance from outside forces, but you're also going to have a natural inclination to to doubt. Mm. Am am I am I really that? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I was I was this other thing. But yeah, it, and and to go in that piece and to uh, exhibit that. But I think when Christians do it, as you pointed out, the world sees it and notices it because it's something that that's so desperately needed and wanted yeah and not a lot of it going not around. a lot of it and if we exhibit it what a platform it gives us not to not to brag on ourselves and say yeah. oh look at look at how solid we are but instead to say no like if you really knew yeah like like i can only imagine like this woman's testimony moving forward next party she's at and and people are going to be like aren't you the you know, we hadn't seen you for 12 years. And she's yeah. like, yeah, let, let me tell you about that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm sure she probably I, I got this. held out of something. So wait, <laughs> well, actually, 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 no, I'm good now. Yeah, I'm healed. I've, I've been very, and, and that would have been verified by the way, in their, in their religious system, she would have had to present herself, you know, before the priest at the temple for them to say, yes, she's been made clean. So now she can come back to fellowship with, yeah. uh, and, and just the opportunity she would have had to say, you know what? I was all that. Until this one day, yep. This one day, yep. Where there was this man, yeah. And and all I did was I touched his clothes, mm. and in that moment, I, I became clean. I became restored. I became, and then, and then he turned and told me, "Go walk in peace." To go walk in peace. Yeah. Mm. You know, as as we close, we're getting towards the end of this. I want you to ask yourself that honestly: Who am I? Yeah. Who are you? Because the truth is, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I've got bad news for you. I don't have a lot of hope for you. Um, trying to find an identity in this world. Um, I, I mentioned I, I work with students and um, the, the rates of anxiety and depression are skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. People are constantly stressed out about who, who am I? What, what am I supposed to do? What, what, what happens in the world? What, 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 what about this? What, what about who gets elected in two years? People are already worried. Oh my goodness about who's going to get elected. This is right. t- 2022 that we're recording this. They're already worried about 2024 and who's going to yeah. be the president. Yeah. And an identity that that's rooted in Jesus, it leaves me at peace. Right. Leaves me not marked by my past or by my failures, even the failures that I'll experience today. Mm-hmm. I'm not marked by those things. Right. I'm marked by redemption, mm-hmm. known by God as his creation. And I'm sent to live in the world in peace. Hey, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, let me tell you, it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah, it's given me a hope for heaven and that's powerful and that's great and that's and that's wonderful. But I don't want to just 
tell you about that because on earth it's given me an identity, mm-hmm. man. If, if there was no afterlife, if there was no heaven, no hell, but we would just give our lives to Jesus on this earth, I would do it a hundred million thousand times over every day if I could, because it's given me so much confidence and peace and hope on days uh, that, that are difficult. Mm-hmm. And the identity that I have that's, that's rooted in Christ is something that has freed me, that has given me so much encouragement. And I'd encourage you, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, it's super simple. We'd love to, to share with you how. Uh, you can always reach out to us online. You can email us. Um, it's, it's, it's as simple as understanding uh, that, that none of us are perfect, that each of us have gone our own way, but that Jesus loved us, died for us, buried and rose again so that we could have that hope. And if you're our follower of Jesus, who are you? Where's your identity rest? Because Jesus, I see very clearly, is saying, not only this woman, but saying to us, hey, I've come to offer you an identity, mm-hmm. an identity that is not um, here today, gone tomorrow, up in arms when, when life gets crazy, when things don't go the way we plan. Mm-hmm. Hey, there are bad days. Things don't always go the way we plan. But man, Jesus is saying, hey, you want an identity? Your creation, mm-hmm. your redemption, and now you're sent on mission to live a life of peace. And there's a lot of power in that. Yeah, and, and, and so as David has so uh, spoken so well, if you don't have that, we can't emphasize enough how, how desperately we want that for you because we have experienced it. And, and in knowing what that feels like, we want everyone else to, to feel that and to know that. Uh, and so we would love to uh, talk with you about that if you were – in the Mercer County area, and, and or even if you just want to reach out uh, through online sources and contact us through Facebook or contact us uh, at our church office at 734-2339, um, we, we would love to just talk with you about that. Um, and if you're in the Mercer County area, come, come check us out if you don't have a church home. It's okay if you've never been. It's okay if you haven't been in church in 12 years. Yeah, here's the, right? here's this, the story this, of a woman who lady, hasn't been. Yeah. yeah, come, come, try us out. Not to, to try us out, but trust God in the fact that he will meet you where you are. He will restore your identity, give you a new identity if, if that's what you need, and and offer you the ability to go in peace. Yeah. Uh, and so if you are a follower of Christ, keep walking in peace, keep walking in the truth, uh, and, and share that identity-changing Savior that you know with others. And if you don't know him yet, please find someone who can tell you how to get to know him uh, and and participate in the life of a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church in your area. Um, For our time today, this has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Go in peace.